Romans 5.17 says this, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. My friends, the Bible is the story of two men. The first man, Adam, and Jesus Christ, whom 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 45 calls the last Adam. One man is the natural father of us all, and the other gives us a supernatural birth into God's family. The rebellion of the first man resulted in death. The obedience of the other man resulted in life for all who believe. Our text in Romans 5.17 says that through Adam's sin, death reigned over humanity. Death reigned over humanity. What an interesting expression. Paul could not be referring to merely physical death since even born-again Christians die. He's primarily talking about spiritual death, which is being alienated from God dead to God, and having a sinful inward nature. And then in the same chapter, in verse 21, we read that sin reigned in death. The Passion Translation says, sin reigned through death. And again, another translation says, sin reigned in the sphere of death. That was the condition, that is the condition of the human race without Christ, in bondage to sin because they are spiritually dead. When a sinner sins, he's doing what comes natural to him because that's his nature on the inside. Sin reigned in death. The Greek word for reign is basiluo. I think it's pronounced that way, basiluo. And it means to rule as a king. It's actually the verb form of the Greek word for king. So if we were translating it, we could say that we king in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The devil's name is practically synonymous with sin and death. In Matthew 4.3, he's called the tempter. And then again in the book of Hebrews chapter, four, uh, chapter 2 verse 14, it says the devil has the power of death. So I think we could say it this way. We could paraphrase Romans 5.17 this way. Because of Adam's sin, Satan reigned as a tyrant over all mankind. Because of that original sin of Adam, Satan reigned as as a tyrant over all mankind. Think about this. Three times in the Gospel of John, Jesus referred to the devil as the prince of this world or the ruler of this world. He means not, not so much the planet, but he means society, the world system. For example, in John chapter 14, verse 30, Jesus said, for the ruler of this world is coming. But that's not all. He said, he has no claim on me. Woo. The Amplified Bible says this. 
He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. And he has no power over me. So the devil could not intimidate or dominate Jesus in any way because Jesus was alive to God. In him was life. In fact, he is the life. Hallelujah. And he was sinless. He was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. In other words, he faced every test that you and I would face, but he passed every one of them. Hallelujah. And so the enemy could not touch him. Could not. In fact, Jesus said in John 8, 23, I am not of this world. <laughs> well, he was in the world, but he did not belong to this world. He was not a part of Satan's kingdom, and so the ruler of this world could not rule over him. And Jesus was not only endued with the power of the Holy Spirit, he had spiritual authority. He exercised authority in the earth in a way that no one before him has ever done. In Matthew 8, 16, we read, He cast out the spirits, meaning evil spirits, demonic spirits. He cast them out with the word. Disease and devils departed at his command. He had mastery over the forces of nature. He rebuked the waves and the wind, and they obeyed him. And his disciples said, What manner of man is this, that even the storm obeys him? He walked on water. He raised the dead. He lived in that kind of authority. And he told the Jewish leaders in Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. By his works, he demonstrated heaven's authority in the earth. He not only preached it, he practiced it. He proved it. But Jesus not only came to show us God's kingdom, he came to make us a part of that kingdom. Jesus came to undo everything that Adam had done. Not to make us like Adam was before he sinned. No, no, much, much better than that. To make us like himself so that we could live in the same way that he lived during his earthly ministry. He came to reduplicate himself to make us as much like him as is possible with his life, his nature, and his authority. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. So again, we read that through Adam, death reigned. But through Christ, we reign in life. Put that verse on, this, on the screen again for me, Romans 5, 17. But through Christ, we reign in life. Notice carefully, it does not say that Christ will reign. Yeah, that's true. But no, this verse says we will reign in life through him. And the word for life in this verse is the word zoe. It means eternal life. 
the life of God, the nature of God that has been imparted to our spirits when we, we receive Jesus as Lord. Hallelujah. So we reign in life because we are right with God, restored to God. We're saved. And because we have the life of God in us. Hallelujah. Let me read to you the contemporary English version of this same verse. The last phrase says, and so we will live and rule like kings. Woo. The Phillips translation says that we, they should live all their lives like kings. You're destined to reign. Most Christians don't see themselves as kings having authority. They see themselves as beggars struggling to survive in this cruel world. Too many in the church have a victim mentality, but that's not God's intention. He wants you to have a dominion mindset. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Reign as kings, the Amplified Bible says. Reign as kings in this life. Hallelujah. It's time for the body of Christ to take their place. It's time for them to rise up out of their deception and religious tradition and embrace the truth of God's word and rule in authority in his name. Hallelujah. We are not to be dominated by circumstances. We are to dominate circumstances. Hallelujah. Amen. We should not be running from the devil. He should be running from us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Job chapter 22, verse 28, one translation says this. You shall also decree a thing, and it shall be fulfilled to you or fulfilled for you. You shall also decree. Who makes decrees? Rulers. Rulers. But do we have something similar in the New Testament? Yes, we do. One of our favorite verses, Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, whoever will speak and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him, or he will have whatever he says. You must have confidence to use this authority. You need to believe in the authority that God has given you in Christ. See, we just got through singing it. Your name is power. You know, your name is, you know, is wonderful. And so we're just waiting for Jesus to use his name. That is not what the Bible says. Jesus said, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He's waiting for us to use his name. But if we reign in life, what do we reign over? Hmm. If we reign in life, what do we reign? What do we rule over? The answer may surprise some of you. First of all, self, or to be more precise, sin. Romans 5.17 in the New Living Translation says this, For all who receive it, meaning God's abundant grace and the gift of righteousness, for all who receive it will live in triumph, over sin. Woo. We were once slaves to sin, powerless to break free from its hold on us. We lived in shame and condemnation. 
But Jesus delivered us. He paid the price to redeem us. And according to Romans 6, we read from Romans 5, but in the very next chapter, it says we should consider ourselves to be dead to sin. We should consider ourselves to be dead to sin, dead to the nature of sin, dead to the power of sin. Look at the the person sitting next to you and say, you're dead. I thought there was something different about you. You're dead. And then in verse 12, notice this verse 12, it says this in Romans 6, it says, let not sin therefore reign. There's the same word. Let not sin therefore reign. Reign as a king. Have mastery. Dominate your mortal body to make you obey its passions. We cannot reign in life if we allow sin to reign in our flesh. Are you out there today? The first thing that we reign over, the first thing we exercise authority over is ourself. In 1 Corinthians 9, 27, the apostle Paul said, but I discipline my body. Literally in the Greek, he said, I beat it black and blue. But he's speaking figuratively. He means, you know, I'm, I'm stern with my body. A lot of people are stern with someone else's body. But he was stern with his own body. That means he didn't allow his flesh just to do whatever it wanted to do. I just see it and I have to have it. No, no, you don't. (laughs) When it's there, I got to reach for it. You know, no, you don't. He controlled his flesh. So you have authority. We love to sing about having authority or preach about having authority. But the first place you exercise authority, the first place I exercise authority is over your flesh. And if you don't exercise authority there, you won't have authority anywhere. The rest of the verse that's not on the screen says, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Come on. Who says I'm talking about you? Don't look so sad. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. He said, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Can we use our kingly authority In this realm, in this area, yeah. Because James chapter 3 verse 2 says that whoever controls his mouth can control his whole body. So we talk about, you know, I keep my body under control. You may be thinking about your eyes and your hands, but maybe the first thing God's thinking about is your tongue. It's real quiet here. I don't have a friend in the world. It's just me and Jesus up here. Amen. Let me read to you a couple of scriptures along those lines. Of course, we could take more, but I don't think any of us could handle it. Notice Proverbs 21, verse 23, New King James Version. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. It's quieter and quieter. Sound man, go ahead and play those amens. (laughs) Whoever keeps his guards, his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. What does that mean? That means most people have created their own troubles with their words. Usually, I'll speak for myself so you'll feel better. Usually, I don't have to repent for not saying something. It's for saying something I shouldn't have said. Amen. Hallelujah. I've told you many times before that when I was a boy, when I was was growing up, you know, I had a sharp tongue. Sarcastic, sharp tongue. I don't know what, where I got it from. 
One time I said something that, you know, was not right. And my mother grabbed me by the ear. And she dragged me into the bathroom. And she took my toothbrush. I told you this story. Uh, she took, yes, just pretend like you're hearing it for the first time. She took my toothbrush and she put like uh, soap, uh, not, not toothpaste, soap, like not even ordinary hand soap, the kind of powder soap that you scrub the floors with. She, she poured that on my toothbrush and she shoved that toothbrush in my mouth and, and was just trying and said, you have a dirty mouth. I'm cleaning out your dirty mouth. But I was laughing the whole time, just blowing bubbles, you know. It, di it didn't work. But later on, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit. I, thank God for being born again, but thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And God began to deal with me about my mouth. I think from heaven, and he also began to deal with me about the ministry. I think in heaven, God thought, if we can just sanctify that mouth, we could do something. <laughs> Man, we could stop here and preach for a month. Whoever guards his mouth. Woo. Some people, first thing they do is guard their wallet. <laughs> guard their purse. Guard their cell phone. Where's my cell phone? Whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Can you all pray for me? I'm telling you, there's so much trouble in my marriage. Brother John, can you pray that God would heal my marriage? Marriages are not healed. Nowhere does the Bible says, and the prayer of faith will heal the marriage. I claim my marriage healed in Jesus' name. Yeah, good luck. It doesn't work that way. Marriages are improved. Marriages are restored when we take responsibility for our own actions, our attitude, and our words. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Now I I'm going to call some people to stand beside me in a minute. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So if you're having trouble with your marriage, you're thinking, I've gotta, maybe I've got to pull down some demons and principalities from the heaven. No, the, the problem is a lot closer. Where is it? Oh, about one inch under your nose. It's your mouth. It's your mouth. I have a lot of troubles. Go buy some dendrite, put it on your lips. Now, you can say amen now. Come on, say something. I, mean, I didn't say be mute the whole service. <laughs> Hallelujah. Guard. Know what to say. Let's look at another scripture verse. Proverbs 16, 32. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. I'm reigning in life as a king. Well, why don't you reign over your hot temper? Well, Brother John, yes, I have an explosive temper. I get angry real quick, but then it's over. Just like a bomb. Boom! It's over. But now there are body parts all over the room. <laughs> that is not something to be proud of. Hallelujah. Kings conquer. See, some people, again, they love to say, I'm reigning as a king in life. I'm reigning. I have dominion. Well, kings conquer. And the first place to conquer are areas in your own life that are not under control. And if God helped Joshua and the children of Israel to take walled cities, he can help you to take control over your anger issues. Some of you are getting angry right now. God bless you. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, I think it's chapter 10, but you look it up some other time. It says that uh, don't allow anger to remain in you for anger rests in the bosom of fools. See, some people think like it's, it's smart to be angry all the time. No, the Bible says you're a fool. Do we have any fools here? Raise your hand. Yes, I see that hand. God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So to reign in life, we must first rule over ourselves. But secondly, we rule over the devil and his works. In Mark 16, 17, Jesus said, in my name, talking about believers, that's us, right? In my name, they will cast out demons. They'll cast out demons. Why is it that in most churches... The demons are casting out the Christians. Huh? Some Christians are waiting for God to deal with the devil. I wonder when God's going to rebuke the devil. Lord, when are you going to do something about the devil? Let me help you out this evening, morning, whatever time it is where, where you are. It's light here. It's dark there. I don't even know if you're there. I, th I think some of you have already gone home. I just can't tell. It's so bright up here. When is Jesus going to do something about the devil? He's already done it. Why did he sit down at the Father's right hand? Because he finished the work. It's done now. Hallelujah. He don't, he's not going to do anything about the devil. He's already given you authority over the devil. Hallelujah. Behold, I give you authority, he said in Luke chapter 10, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the evil one, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He's given you that authority. But if you don't exercise that authority, nothing will happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I was a boy... Uh, one Sunday afternoon, I was in the garage, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about, the place where they kept the car in our, in our family home, and I was just tinkering around, just fiddling around with different things there. And it was a, I was just minding my own business, and something strange, like, came on me. I was by myself. Something strange came on me. I can't describe it, but I had this, like, urging that I should run down the street wildly, yelling and screaming. It's strange. And I also had the sense that if I did that, I'd lose my mind. But I, I didn't hardly know anything. I mean, I was saved, you know, but I, I got saved in, in church, but, but we didn't know anything. They didn't teach us anything, not really. Oh, I mean, we knew the Lord's Prayer and the Apostles' Creed and the doxology, but we didn't know anything beyond that. But I instinctively knew this is not of God. And I just, I just said quietly, no, you don't. I'm not going to do that. And it left me. And I never had that problem again. That was so peculiar. One little caveat, my mother's father lost his mind. He had to, be, he had to have... Um, uh, clinical help much of his adult life. In fact, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but at one point they even gave him a lobotomy. They, they, they cut his brain in half thinking that would help him. I think some of those people had mental problems too, and that, that doesn't help people to cut their brain in half. You know, hallelujah. 
I think sometimes people who are struggling from so-called mental illnesses, it's not an illness at all. It's demonic in nature. Some people think that if, if the madman of Gadara was here today, Jesus would just offer him counseling. You need to maybe eat more broccoli. <laughs> no, no, yeah, he was demon-possessed. That's why he lost his mind. Are you out there today? Let me tell you this. Much of the time when people are suffering from depression, there's demonic activity involved. I didn't say that you're demon-possessed, but you're, there's an attack. The enemy is trying to mess with you. Whenever you feel sorry for yourself, know the enemy is working on you. Amen. Hallelujah. But you have authority. You don't have to yield to that. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But you have to use it. In my name, they'll cast out demons. When I was a teenager, which of course was a long, 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 long time ago in the last century, I was playing tennis in the street with my, uh, some neighbor friends and maybe my brother and just, just fooling around. And while I was playing tennis, uh, just, just, just for fun, suddenly I had like a heart attack. I mean, I was a teenager. What I mean is not that my heart stopped beating, the opposite. My heart started palpitating. It started beating wildly. Like, like, like you know, seemed like, you know, more than a you know, couple hundred beats a minute or something like that. I don't know. Just like, bub, 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 bub. And it felt like my heart was going to burst right out of my shirt, you know. And I felt, I, I felt dizzy and faint. I started to sweat profusely. I was weak. I, I, I couldn't hardly walk or stand up. And, and, and I made my way to the house. I was playing right there in front of our house. And I, I laid down and told my mother. My mother was a nurse. And she examined me, and she just had me lie down there. And I had to lay there for like uh, 45 minutes or maybe 30 minutes. And finally, you know, my heart returned to the normal rhythm. And then later on, I had similar episodes like that uh, when I was a teenager in school, even in high school. They even tested me. They even tested me, and they say, there's something wrong with your heart, you know. But then I, uh, I, I, I went to Bible school. I went to Ramah. And I began to devour teaching on the word of God and on faith and healing and our authority, you see. And, and I began to understand, got, got a better understanding of, 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 of our rights and privileges in Christ. And so uh, in, in, in school, in Bible school, we had an intramural uh, like uh, basketball team where the students had different teams. We played each other, you know, like a little tournament in the school. So I was on one team, but I was not a, a starter, you know, so I'm sitting on the bench, you know, because there's only five people on a basketball team. So, you know, so I'm sitting on the bench and we're playing a game, you know, and I'm just watching. Everything's just fine. It was a Saturday morning. And uh, the coach, who was just a, an older student, turned to me and said, OK, in a few minutes, I'm going to put you in the game. Well, I was happy for that because I was tired of sitting on the bench. I wanted to get in the game. And suddenly, as he turned, I had another attack. And I mean, my heart was beating wildly. All the symptoms, you know, my eyes were like dilating. I'm going to feel like I'm going to pass out. I have no strength. You know, for a minute, you don't even, you're not even sure where you are, that type of thing, you know. And uh, I remember James chapter 4, verse 7. 
Do you remember the Bible in the hard days? Do you remember the truth of God's word, you know, when you're facing opposition and challenges? Or do you only remember it when Pastor John's preaching Sunday morning from 10 to 12? Is that the only time you remember it? I remember the word of God. Hallelujah. Come on, some people just go to church and say, amen, 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 but they don't do anything. I noticed nobody said amen. It's okay to say amen. I just said you have to do it. <laughs> James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Well, I didn't waste any time. I wonder what some people are waiting on before they start resisting. I guess they're waiting for the devil to show up, you know, in a little red suit and say, hi, I'm the devil. Would you like to resist me? No, no, anything that's of the enemy, we need to resist it. Very simple. I take it that way. Anything that's of the devil, I resist it. I stand against it. I oppose it. I use my spiritual authority. I can't resist the devil in your life, but I can resist him in my life. You'll, you'll be the one to resist the devil in your life. I can't do that for you. So you don't need to run here and there trying to get somebody else to resist the devil. You do it. Resist the devil. And the understood subject is you. You do that. You resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Amen. So I did that. I, I just quietly sitting there. You don't have to get dramatic. I didn't do some kind of like dance or some Pentecostal dance. I, I didn't shout to the top of my lungs. Ah, I resist the devil. I just said quietly, I resist you, devil. I refuse to have this. I'm not going to have it. I claim I, I'm strong. I'm well. I'm whole. This is not of God. And then the coach turned to me and said, Okay, you're in the game. And thoughts were flashing through my mind. Tell him, you can't, you can't go play basketball. You need to go lie down. Lie down for 45 minutes. That's the only way. And you, you, if you go play basketball, you might die. And blah, 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 just like machine gun bullets firing through my head. But see, James 4, 7 doesn't say resist the devil. And if he doesn't flee, try it again. It says, resist the devil, and he will flee. So if I resisted, he fled. That's it. It doesn't say resist the devil, but if you don't feel any better, try it again. No. You don't resist the devil with your doubt. You resist him with your faith. Hallelujah. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what he says shall come to pass. It will be done for him, or he will have what he says. You shall decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. That's, that's reigning in life as a king. So I said, praise the Lord, he's gone. I mean, I said it to myself. And I jumped up to play the game. I mean, for the first few minutes, I'm staggering around that basketball court like a drunk man. The coach must have thought, man, what a terrible basketball player that is, right? <laughs> right? You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to just, just, you know, keep body and soul together. And I had pictures flashing through my mind. See, the enemy, he messes with your mind. He brings thoughts from the outside, you see. Pictures of me in the hospital. I could just, real quick, I could just see Rama calling my parents. Yes, he died playing the game he loves. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> But I just, I just ignored the devil. I just ignored those thoughts. I pushed them out of my mind. I refused to, to entertain those thoughts. Sometimes the best thing to do is just to ignore the devil. Just ignore him. Don't pay attention to him. You don't have to answer every little comment he makes. Just Don't pay attention to that. Hallelujah. Even some people. 
Just ignore them, they'll go away. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you don't have to respond to every little comment somebody makes online, by the way. All right, so, so I, I just push that out of my mind. And within just a, a matter of maybe a few minutes, three, four minutes or so, every symptom left. And that's perfectly fine. Not 45 minutes, not 30 minutes, just right away. Almost, almost instantly. Hallelujah. I had, like, I had like maybe three other attacks similar to that since that time. And each time I did the same thing. Satan, I resist you. And it left me. I never had any more problem. And I played basketball with some of these <clears throat> younger men over here. And, of course, I don't have the energy that they have. But I got the skills. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Are you still out there today? Praise the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 9 says, resist him firm in your faith. I'm not talking about your husband. I'm talking about the devil. Resist him firm in your faith. Hallelujah. It takes faith to use your authority. Praise the Lord. Amen. We stand against the devil by standing on God's word. You must recognize the source of the opposition. You must recognize the source of the opposition because not everything is of the devil. A lot of things are just the flesh, right? You can't, can't, Jesus didn't say in my name they shall cast out flesh. <laughs> some, some wives are trying to cast out their husband. <laughs> I cast you out. And he turns on and says, I cast you out. We're casting everybody out. He's talking about the devil. Not everything is of the devil. So you need to recognize the source of the opposition. That which is of the devil, resist it. Come against it. Hallelujah. Then you must use your authority boldly. You need to be bold. The devil wants you to be wimpy. God wants you to be bold. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. The Bible says that. Hallelujah. The apostles prayed that they may with boldness speak your word. God wants you to be a bold believer. Bold. B-O-L-D, not B-A-L-D. Some of you, are, I think the Lord misunderstood you. <laughs> Lord, give me baldness. No, no. Boldness. Boldness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Hallelujah. Anyways, <laughs> I want boldness here, not up here, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bold. Somebody say bold. Oh, you know, when you say the word bold, it would be nice if you said it boldly. Try it again. Say the word bold. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Hallelujah. 1987, I was in the country of Hungary. I wasn't hungry. It's a country, Hungary. And I was holding a home meeting and uh, just teaching the word of God to a few people there from Hungary. And afterward, there was an older woman, a little babushka, and uh, she wanted prayer. Okay, why? She's bound with fear. She's so afraid. She's afraid of everything. She won't even leave her house. I don't know. It was a miracle that she even came to the meeting, I guess. She won't even leave her house for fear. Something bad will happen to her. She knows it. She, she was well-developed in her fears. You know, she, could, she, she had a vision of, of bad things happening to her. She could just, she could just imagine it. She she's really doesn't realize that she's calling for it. You know? she, she's actually believing for it because fear is faith in the devil. Hmm, it's true. So uh, she's bound with fear, and she wants me to pray for her. And I asked her, well, are you born again? She said, yes. And I said, then, have you never read 1 John 4, 4? It says, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 
So the mighty Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. He'll take care of you. He's stronger than the devil. He's stronger than any opposition that you would face in this life. Hallelujah. So I told her to rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. And she did it. She said, I rebuke this fear. I won't have it. And so she's a little old woman. I don't know how old she was. But um, so then the meeting's all over and we're all going our separate ways. And the interpreter says to me, oh, maybe we should offer the little grandmother a ride home. After all, it's starting to get dark. And I said, why? And, and, and the interpreter said to the grandmother in Hungarian, like, we'll give you a ride home. And she stood up straight and said, no, he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And she walked, you know, kind of goose-stepped her way out of that house and went on home. Hallelujah. I never saw her again, but she was free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be bound by fear. Rebuke it. Resist it. Hallelujah. Let me give you one more scripture verse, and then we'll have to just do something else. Just jump up and down and shout or something. Hallelujah. Notice this one scripture verse, 1 John 5, 18, from the New King James Version. And I'm going to read it from the New King James Version for a purpose. 1 John 5, 8 says this. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Actually, it should say in the Greek, whoever is born of God does not practice sin. He does not live a sinful life. Christians can sin, so don't misunderstand me. That's not what he means. The Greek says practice sin. But notice, but he who has been born of God keeps himself. And the wicked one does not touch him. Keep yourself. Keep yourself. You have to exercise authority at home first. Keep yourself. Remember Jude said that we should pray in the spirit and keep yourself in the love of God. I'm going to keep myself in God's love. I'm going to keep myself in the will of God. I'm going to keep myself away from the things that are harmful that the enemy would try to bring to my life. How keep yourself. He whoever is born of God keeps himself and the wicked one cannot touch him. If you will exercise authority over your flesh, you are untouchable. You are the enemy cannot touch you. Hallelujah. I don't mean you're low caste, what I mean is like the enemy can't touch you. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah, reigning as kings in life. If you'll just make that little adjustment in your thinking, in your attitude, I'm reigning as a king in life. And the truth of God's word will remove that victim from your voice. (laughs) Lord, help me, Jesus. That's sad. Oh, Lord, please help me, Lord, help me. So you're praying like a beggar. You're not a beggar. You're, you're, you reign in this life. Hallelujah, through Jesus Christ. Did, did Jesus pray that way? Did Jesus walk around being, you know, self-conscious and nervous and afraid of his own shadow? And, you know, Peter says, boo, and he jumped. And, you know, the, no, not at all. He walked in dominion. Come on, he faced demon-possessed people, and they're shouting. They said, shut up. And they shut up. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, Come on. They're having like a a cyclone, and he's asleep in a pillow. Mm. He slept better in the cyclone than some of you do in the air conditioning. Huh? A little creaking sound. What was that? 
Something's there. Something, where's my torch light? Something is there. It's a shadow. Oh, okay. Come on. Come on. It's easy to come to church, you know, and hear this kind of preaching. You know, oh, yes, amen, amen, and sing songs. Your name is power. Your name is holy. And you go home and... What was that? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's time to reign. Hallelujah. I said it's time to reign. Listen, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Sometimes we're praying for the wrong kind of reign. We just think if God will send more power, uh, then somehow we'll get out of this mess. You have the power. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you definitely have the power. And you have the authority. You just need to know it, and you need to stand your ground and boldly use it. Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, can we lift up our voices toward the Lord today and thank him for this authority?